Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2021, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast.
And you're tuned in now to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. That was Edith Lane with Kings of Plinth. Today is Radiothon show, but before we go into that, and thanks to the previous hour of rotation there on 855am, before we go into that, I'd like to give an acknowledgement of country that I'm broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations here in so-called Melbourne, over the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people's land. And I'd like to acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded on these lands and First Nations resistance here continues and is ongoing and those of us who are settlers need to think about what we are doing in solidarity with First Nations peoples on this land. So we have a big Radiothon show coming up today and if you'd like to call in and contribute and help keep Radical Radio going, the number is 03 94198377. And you can text on 0488 809 So a bit more about Queering the Air. We present a fresh feast of ideas, interviews, news, histories, arts, protests and discussion with the anti-racist, feminist and anti-capitalist bent. The program has been running for just under a decade with many different people involved in the collective over the years. Yeah, I guess um, the collective, as I understand it, sort of emerged out of um, some action in terms of challenging the corporate cop-friendly pride parade just under a decade ago, and that sort of continues. And if you think about the past year, we had the social media giants just rip off Facebook pages on a whim, and we have the Nine and, Mur- Nine and Murdoch empires control so much of the agenda. Where would we be without 3CR? Um, we need to keep grassroots radical radio thriving. So please support Queering the Air if you can. I know it's uh, been a pretty difficult year um, with the pandemic and with state abandonment of income support, particularly in the last lockdown as well, and ongoing for many people at the margins. Yeah, and over the year on Queering the Air, we've heard from so many different people from Black Queers Live. Just looking over the um, the podcast page this morning, it, there's so much different stuff covered. Um, MV did a show on Black Queer Lives Matter, matter. Um, and I've covered heaps of different things, including the punitive responses to, to the pandemic, intimate partner violence, and Edith Lane, who you heard before, we had on the program as well. Um, and we're going to hear some some highlights from the year on the program today as well. So, and as well as supporting 3CR, I'd also like to shout out to some other initiatives that need support. Um, the Sovereign Queer Land Back Initiative the Jab- on Jabberon Country, headed by Rico Alu, the Worm of Kanak Initiative, which I'll provide a link of in the show notes It supports queer First Nations sovereignty there in Jabberon country. Um, love for Crystal Love. Crystal Love is a Tiwi sister girl leader and performer, and she's gone through a lot of medical expenses over the last year, so definitely support that if you can. And I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. Um, another thing in terms of thinking about how it's been a difficult year if you can't pay now, but you can pay in a week or two or a month, you can also pledge in. And you can text us as well on 0488 809 855 and call in on 9419 9419 So that's a bit of an intro there. 
but we're going to be going to an interview that I did um, with Gala Vanting on sex work in space at, which is an event at the Emerging Writers Festival coming up on Monday night. I have been a sex worker for 17 years and I guess, you know, a lot of my work has, has centered around sex worker identity, how we, uh, how we fit in space, how we fit into spaces. Um, and I also uh, do a lot of advocacy around sex worker, labour and human rights. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Before going to the events, would you like to tell listeners a bit about your writing and artistic practices? Sure. So I guess I have always made work about sexuality and sex work. I started my creative practice around that with a in a, a sort of filmmaking duet called Sensate Films. Um, we made a lot of um, a lot of work at that time about intimacy and identity and BDSM um, and tried to really kind of create um, containers for performers, some of whom were sex workers and some of whom didn't identify that way to, to create something that was really personal to them. Uh, since that time, I have also done a bit of writing. So generally that work is nonfiction so I, I might write pieces about you know current issues in that affect sex workers um most recently things like the online safety bill and I also now have a an experiential kind of space that I run um that that feels like an extension of those practices and that space is something that that people can hire to to play with intimacy and occupying space so yeah, a lot of my work has really focused around the topic that's been chosen for this event. So I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, awesome. Would you like to tell listeners a bit about the event Sex Work in Space and some of the themes which you've already touched on? Sure. So Sex Work in Space is a storytelling event featuring six sex worker storytellers. And all of us have been brought together to talk about the the loss of of space or and the loss of access to physical and digital spaces the way that we legislate sex work has a lot to do with whether or not or how we occupy space there is so much controversy surrounding the mere existence of sex workers in digital spaces um, and that's been going for a while now and we've been seeing both a sort of moralistic, but also a, a, a governmental and regulatory disappearance of the, the spaces that sex workers occupy together, that we occupy with our clients, um, that we use to stay safe and, and well in our work. And we also have just a lot of restriction on, on the spaces that we can occupy in the physical world. So the stories that you'll hear on Monday night will talk about all about those issues from six different angles. And the, the sex workers who will talk about them all have pretty diverse experiences of existing in both digital and physical spaces. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a really significant event for sex worker communities and storytelling, especially in light of the pandemic and criminalization online of sex workers and offline as well. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's something that um, you know, like the, the the disappearance of our digital spaces and our voices from um, lots of you know creative and political um, uh, sort of uh, I guess discourse um, is is something that that everyone should be concerned about. And festivals like EWF, by giving space for this this these voices and these topics, are kind of you know, working against that trend to silence or to um, erase or to create these kinds of, I guess, ghostly spaces that were that sex workers once occupied. And so, I think that that's a really that that's an important reason why people should should come and and listen to these spaces, these stories, um, because we, we we have this sort of decreased access to being able to hear sex worker voices in the general public. Mm, yes, and often in the mainstream, it's in a highly stigmatizing and a highly like way that causes damage and is part of the oppression that sex workers face. Exactly. So, talking a bit more about some of the things you talked about, I think you've touched on this. What's the relationships for you between writing, art, and advocacy? I think that writing is advocacy. I think that when we put our work out into the world we are you know uh, we are doing some level of advocacy because we are constantly having to reinsert ourselves into spaces from which we've been removed or from from which we've never had access so i think there is whilst i don't think that you know every sex worker who puts a story out into the world necessarily needs to be politically responsible for the whole of the, I guess, sex worker body, body politic. I do think that our stories have this extra significance because of the, the margin that we're writing from. And I think there is also, you know, to, to be able to self-create, to be able to self-iterate is a pretty big deal because we're a community that's often spoken over or, or who experience a lot of paternalism. There are, you know, politicians speak for us or over us, you know, sometimes healthcare professionals and, you know, all, all of those other spaces where we experience discrimination, there's spaces where someone else thinks that they know what's best for us, or someone else is trying to protect somebody from us. And writing ourselves and, and sort of declaring our own identities and our own stories puts us really kind of into that space and allows us to speak over those who would speak for us. As well as this event... Are there any collaborations you have been a part of in the past that have been powerful for you? I think all of my collaborations um, creatively have have been have been that for me. I, I guess the you know I find power in my sex work identity in lots of different contexts, um, and sometimes it, it's a powerful experience just to be a sex worker among. Uh, among other sex workers, you know, just to have that peer, that peerness, you know, if it's not, if it's not peer, it's just less good. So I think there's, you know, especially in environments like this event, being able to, to listen to and be heard by my own peers is a really significant act. And I think we build community through that process, even if those stories are not always easy to hear. Mm, yeah, for sure. While I have you, is there anything else you'd like to shout out to or talk about that's pressing? So we've had this kind of 
long struggle with the precarity of sex work and COVID-19 and the, the deep loss of income that our community has experienced. So currently there is a fundraiser being conducted by Scarlet Alliance, which is the Australian Sex Workers Association, to support sex workers who have been impacted by lockdown. And there's currently um, some payments going out to sex workers in Victoria who are in need of emergency funds. So I just support and encourage people to make a donation to that if they can. There's a chapped fund, um, especially for the cause. And that's something that's been running for over a year and is is a great example of the ways that sex workers look after each other um, and the mutual aid that we provide each other and the community that we create in crises like COVID-19. Awesome. Yes, I'll provide a link to that for listeners in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining me on Community Radio. And also, where can listeners follow your work? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ms. Gala Vanting, on Twitter at Gala underscore Vanting, um, and my website is galavanting.info. Okay, thanks so much, Gala. Thank you. Radio, community power. Radio, we are not the cheese. We live behind the scenes. Join the power, create the power, donate to 3CR's Radiothon. Call now, 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au and keep independent radio alive. So you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. It is our Radiothon show today. And you just heard from Gala Banting there speaking about the Emerging Writers Festival event and the Intro Rooms event, Sex Work in Space. And that event is on Monday, the 21st of June. You can go to the Emerging Writers Festival event on their website and definitely support the Scarlet Alliance's fundraiser for sex workers during this period of state abandonment of sex workers, which is pretty disgusting. So, Radiothon, 94198377. Why should you support 3CR? Well, you know, we've released over a dozen podcasts. I didn't really count over the past year, but $200 allows us to podcast a show. So that's kind of where your money will be going. And anyone that earns a wage, you know, like rich people exploit tax schemes all the time so if you can deduct your taxes and put it towards 3CR Community Radio it's a pretty damn good choice we're going to be going now to some of the donations we've received and thanking listeners for contributing to Queering Day on 3CR and I'm Iris if you've just tuned into 3CR as well on 855am so we've received a donation from Meredith Butler of $20 thank you so much Emma Cox $30 thank you so much Emma M Gafer, seventy-five dollars. Uh, thanks, thanks, M. And M unfortunately couldn't be here today, but I'm wishing them the best wishes so we can hear them on a future show. M is a recent new member of the Querying the Air Collective, and will be. And I can't wait for the next things that they come up with. Um, and next we have Prani Harrison, twenty dollars. Thank you, Prani. And up after that is Emma Hart at $25. Thank you so much, Emma. Emma also produces Women on the Line, which is another program I'm involved in here on 3CR Community Radio. 
So definitely check out Women on the Line if you haven't. Um, we have a donation from Anastasia Lefay of $30. Thank you so much, Anastasia. Really appreciate your support there. And after that, we have a donation from Terry Smith of $50. Thank you so much, Terry, for your support. And Michaela Stubbs of $30. Thank you so much, Michaela. 3CR's Michaela does so much work here. One of the, the couple of staff members that hold 3CR together, but we know that most of 3CR, the 400 or so people involved here, are volunteers. A massive, just like massive thinking about that, 400 people involved in 3CR. It's a big community radio station, and without the community... 3CR wouldn't have been going since 1976. So up next, I'm going to two tracks. June Jones with Echo and after that, Kian with Man on the Moon. And after that, we'll have a special guest. So stay tuned for that on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. in my 
And you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and that bracket was Keon with Man on the Moon. 
and before that June Jones with Echo and I play that because they actually have a gig together on Saturday the 14th of August at 9pm at the Northcote Social Club. Amazing gig, I hope to be there. So up next we actually have a special guest on the line. Can you hear me Leilani? Yes I can. Awesome. So There is like an echo though, which is weird, but that's fine. Unfortunately, that's bad for you, but it's fine on our end. <laughs> so just just okay. before, we, before we get into talking with you, I'm just going to remind listeners to call up on 94198377 to support 3CR. 94198377, or they can text on 0488809855 and pledge a donation. So I had you on the program with Morag earlier in the year to speak about your exhibition um, that was mm-hmm. cur- curated by Jemmy Gale. How did that go? And do you want to talk a bit about yourself, actually, before that? Oh, um, um, the art show went well. And I don't know, what do you want me to say about myself? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Sometimes uh, I make art and I'm studying film and I'm a queer person. Of <laughs> You've also been a member of the, the disability broadcast curated by Pauline Vicuna, which I recommend listeners should check out. They're pretty Absolutely. incredible. Yes, yeah. Let me let me say like everyone should donate to three CR um, for the radio song. I'm like a, a like a recurring contributor member thingy. Um, 3CR does such amazing work and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate and lucky enough to have been involved for the past two years with the, um, Disability Day broadcast, like you said, curated by, um, the amazing, most powerful, most wonderful Pauline Vicuna, um, who is just such an incredible, uh, coordinator and, I don't know, energy shifter she's wonderful and um yeah everyone should donate to 3cr because uh community radio is really really important and um yeah it's just such a beautiful thing to be involved in yeah for sure definitely check out those broadcasts you can find them at 3cr.org.au and there's transcripts for them as so i guess moving to a bit of chit chat around a local queer diy film of we've sort of We've both watched, thanks to me instigating it, I guess. There's a film called Skate Bitches, which I find is quite an interesting little film, and I wish there was more <laughs> films like it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask, is it okay if I just sort of, like, talk a little bit about, like, a couple of films, including Skate Bitches? Yeah, so that's... That, yeah, for sure. And yep. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So, so Skate Bitches is a 2012 release from... Um, it's directed by Samuel Shanahoy, who um, directed, wrote, produced, like, everything, all of it. Um, and, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Iris, for reminding me of it, it of its existence because it was, like, such an entertaining rewatch. I haven't watched it in so many years. And for people listening, you can, like, just go on Vimeo, just, like, Google search Skate Bitches um, Vimeo. But, yeah, it's, like, such a cute little, like, I don't know, slice of, like, that time period, the early sort of 2010s, um, queer Melbourne sort of, like, alternative punk Footscray culture. Um, Yeah, it's, like, filmed all around Footscray. And, yeah, it's really nostalgic and camp and cheesy and cute and perfect, and it makes my heart feel some type of way. Um, 
Yeah, what did you think of the rewatch, Iris? Yeah, it's pretty funny because I know some of the people involved and they like cringe a bit at it, but I think it's pretty cool and it has a bit of a following online and even if it like has some shortcomings in terms of them <laughs> yeah. not being actual skaters and stuff, but it was still really <laughs> earnest and I liked some of the dialogue and the story. Oh my God, their poses? Wow, I didn't know. Um, no, yeah, it's it's and I think it has like a good moral message attached to like... Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. It made me really excited to see it again, and I really hope that the director, Samuel Shanahoy, and the writer um, is doing really well somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, was it based on, it's, like, influenced by Skate Witches, which is, like, a 1987 or 19, 1980s sort of um, film, which Iris and I are planning to watch at some point, which will um, maybe inform the viewers understanding of skate bitches 2012 a little better um but yeah can i talk about a couple of other little films yeah i'll just okay so i'll just yeah oh you go i'll just shout out to the radiothon before we go into that so you're listening to queering the air on 3cr community radio you can call 0394198377 because we need to raise 800 dollars as part of the two hundred fifty thousand dollar target for Radical Radio here on 3CR 855 AM. So let's get on to the other films you wanted to talk about. Yes, and yes, I I concur. Please donate to the radio phone. Um, So first off, I wanted to talk about Atong Atem's um, video work, which was released this year through Rising Melbourne. Uh, It was, like, screened through there. It's called Banksia, um, and it... Atongatam is a South Sudanese-Australian um, visual artist. This is her first, like, video work, and I'm so, like, excited to see it at some point. Um, it, Banksia explores the lesser-known history of so-called Australia's first African settlers. Um, it's accompanied by a score from a Melbourne composer, um, Petra Saljo, and it was produced by Magella Productions, which is an amazing um, production house, which is very, like, female, women-led. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. Like, Atonga Thames Art is such a, like, staple of, you know, the Melbourne art community, and it's so exciting that she's, like, making her first foray into into film, into film. And, um, yeah, what an important, like, subject matter to make a short video work about. Um, I know there are a lot of amazing... Workers, artwork is involved in it. Um, uh, it's currently not showcasing anywhere right now, but I wanted to encourage everyone to go follow Atonga Tem on Instagram because there will be updates, I assume, um, for when it will be showcased. Um, yeah, did you get a chance to see that, Iris, or no? I'll put that on my list. Thank you for bringing that one up. Yeah, it's just Banksia, like, you know, B-A-N-K-S-I-A. And if you don't know um, Atongatam, it's just, you know, Instagram forward slash um, A-T-O-N-G-A-T-E-M. I also wanted to talk about a cute queer Melbourne film that I saw at the Melbourne Queer Queer Film, Film Festival this year. It's actually streaming on Stan now, which is so cool. But um, it was made by a queer filmmaker from Melbourne called Katie Found. It's called My First Summer. It was released in 2020. It's a really beautiful, like, cute, like, coming-of-age coming film. 
about like two young women that live in regional Victoria. It was either filmed in like Sandsdale or Dalesford. I can't remember which one. But um, yeah, it not only explores that sort of like coming of age, like queer, whatever. It's also sort of about like isolation and depression and like, um, yeah. And I saw that in the cinema and it was like such a beautiful watch. And it's just, um, yeah, I would definitely encourage people to check that out if they want. And, yeah, it's really cool that it's streaming on Stan as well and features some young, up-and-coming Australian actors. Oh, and um, there's so many other ones I could talk about, but lastly I'm just going to mention um, HTML Flowers um, has, who is a, a queer Melbourne comic and artist, um, has a Twitch channel, which is just like twitch.tv forward slash Sicko Vision, um, and like every two weeks, sort of thing, um, streams uh, disabled films, films that feature disability, chronic illness, that kind of thing. Um, Grant, who is HTML Flowers, is obviously queer, and like the majority of the people in the chat are queer, disabled people. And it's just like so much fun and such a like good time, like excellent programming. So I just wanted to shout that out as another little, like, queer film thing. So, again, that's twitch.tv forward slash sickovision, S-I-C-C-K-O-V-I-S-I-O-N. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to think of some of the films to watch that I'll definitely put be putting on my list, um, and I'll provide links to those with links in the show notes to Queering the Out on 3CR if you just joined in, 8.55am is our Radiothon show, um, and we're raising $800 as part of the 250k target for Radical Radio on 3CR. I hope you have a lovely day for the rest of the day, Leilani. Thank you so much. Can I say literally one more thing? I'll be so quick. Yep. <laughs> okay, so you're going to play um, Party Tricks by Alice Guy, right? Yep. After this? So um, everyone should also check out the music video uh, because the director of Party Tricks by Alice Guy is um, a Peruvian queer filmmaker, Triana Hernandez, who makes a lot of really beautiful music videos, has done a lot of Alice Guy's um, music videos. So definitely check out that music video on YouTube, Party Tricks, Alice Guy. Okay, that's it. Check it out. And also check out an earlier Alice Guy where you played a major role in the video clip. No, I didn't. Did I? No, I didn't. Anyway, talk about that another time. (laughs) I didn't. I know what you're talking about. I helped out with a music video. One of hers. One. Awesome. See you later, (laughs) little honey. Okay, bye. You're tuned into 3CR Community Radio. This is Alice Sky with Party Tricks.
And you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and it is our Radiothon show, raising $250,000 for Grassroots Radical Radio on 3CR. Call up on 03-9419-8377, 9419-8377, or text, and you can text a pledge or call a pledge if you don't have the dollars on you now at 0488 809855, or you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And the song before was Alice Sky with Party Tricks. So we've got a number of more donations that have come in. I'm going to go through them. Poppy, I had a donation from Poppy from Brunswick, $20. Donation from MV of $40. Thank you both to Poppy and MV so much. Um, and we have a donation from Renee Dixon of $20. Thank you so much. Of Lennox, Lennox O. Diamonds of $100. Uh, 
Thank you so much. Oh, um, Shane Tom said $50. Thank you so much, Shane. And some more donations have come in as well. We have Hope Matumbu. Thank you so much, Hope, for your generous support of 3CR, former presenter on Women on the Line and The Breakfast Shows, or three, on Tuesday Breakfast, I think. Um, and we have a $20 no- donation from Eric. That's awesome. That puts us um, pretty close to our target. I think we still have $260 to go, or we're going to get an update on that soon. So our target is $800 at Queering the Air, but we still need your support. 0488-809-855 to text a pledge or 94198377. So up next, I'm going to play, replay an interview with the Food Angels who are a queer mutual aid food support sort of group. I'll just play a small amount of it and an interview out earlier in the year. Content warning for some mentions of death, Bridget Flack and Chloe Slarks for this interview. Thanks so much for joining me on Queering the Air, Tilly. Hi, Iris. Thanks so much for having me. Um, first, would you like to tell listeners a bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Tilly. I use they or she pronouns. I'm a queer person living in Nam in so-called Melbourne. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so, in terms of the projects of Food Angels... First, could you talk a bit a bit about how you understand mutual aid? Yeah, sure. Um, so I kind of, I think a lot of people sort of came across mutual aid as a concept a lot more during the COVID lockdowns here um, because it really started to gain a lot of traction as a term that was being thrown around. Um, and I did more research into it and I really found that it was like a lot, it resonated a lot more with me in terms of doing community work rather than charity because um focused around the concept of it being solidarity, not charity, and it's peer-based work, and it's not um, a top-down sort of charitable function. It's like community peer support, and it's community care, and it's mutually beneficial aid. Yeah, awesome. Um, Yeah, I know it's been a heavy time towards the end of last year and recent months in many queer and trans circles, and I guess like only going into mentions rather than details of these heavy times, but could you talk about how the food angels came about yeah sure um so we've been around since early december which obviously everyone in the queer community knows all too well how difficult that time was um coming out of lockdown obviously i feel like there was a bit of a mental health crisis in our community so yeah we did have some community members pass away in really awful circumstances so um yeah just thought whenever i'm having a rough time i always appreciate or would love to have home-cooked meals from people in my community, and it really shows, yeah, that you care about someone. So, yeah, just started offering meals to friends who I knew were grieving and trans friends and people that were non-binary as well who I knew were particularly um, having a rough time and mourning these losses during that time. Um, And, yeah, my friend Alex Cuff started promoting it on her Instagram and it sort of grew from there from just offering meals to friends to offering meals to the wider community. Anyone that's sort of in crisis or having a difficult time could contact us and um, have home-cooked meals delivered to them by members of the community and feel connected to community and cared for. And I've actually, yeah, met a lot of... um, really beautiful people through doing this and I feel um, more connected to community myself and um, yeah, it's been a really special thing so far. 
Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Could you talk more about how it's been received? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, last week we just had um, our first full volunteer meeting. So we've been sort of trying to organise things from the ad hoc system we had before. Um, yeah, and we had a bunch of new volunteers come and we made our Instagram account and we've got our fundraiser up and we've had an overwhelmingly, like the response has been incredible. Like we thought we'd start up a fundraiser because a few people early on were offering to send money um, and contribute funds if they couldn't help out with like cooking or driving or anything else. Um, so we put up a fundraiser and we've had to keep upping the goal because people just keep contributing money to it and it's incredible because at the moment it's completely self-funded so this fundraiser is going to mean that we can... And that was the interview with Tilly earlier in the year on 3CR talking about the food angels who you can support and find on Instagram and I believe they recently found a space at a community hub I think so they're no longer operating solely out of a share house. Amazing mutual aid project to definitely get behind and also Shout out to House of Mutual Learning, which who was mentioned via Alex Cuff, which is a sort of a trans mutual aid mental health group that you can also find on Instagram and which was featured on the episode of Queering the Air. So if you'd like to support those sorts of interviews continuing, please call up on 0394198377 or text in on 0488809855. Reaching towards the end of our show, but I did want to feature some poetry from a recent episode that M. Gaither lined up through having the amazing guest Laniok on the show. Laniok is a writer and performer of poetry and memoir, and this was this featured in an episode around No Pride in Police. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. We're joined in studio by Laniok, who was commissioned to write a poem about uh, the match itself and shared some really interesting thoughts about that on Instagram just in connection to some of the complexities of you know wanting to connect in with these spaces as a queer person that have been highly corporatized um, and don't really serve us um, as queer people so thanks for joining us today Laniak. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you in the studio to have guests in the studio it's been a while. Yeah <laughs> it's so nice to be back in the 3CR studio space to be amongst radical politics and I'm so excited for our conversations I'm so excited yes yes it's great to be here so I thought maybe we could start if you'd like to read your poem because um, yeah I heard it earlier and I found it really powerful so mm-hmm. yeah could be great for sure to be queer is to be in step with your ever-shifting spirit even when your spirit is out of step with your surroundings today I am who I am To be queer does sometimes mean to sit in awkward silences with family or to block punches as you walk down the street, to not be able to read about people like you in books, to have your morality talked about on TV, to be told who you are is a phase. No one else in your family is gay. Although we suspect otherwise, eyebrows raised. To be queer is to be in sync with the rhythm of life. Pounding the ground on arrival, I am here, I am queer, I am floating through the air like a brick to the face of the colonial state. The first pride march was in rage. 
led by black and brown trans women, it grew to a global movement that couldn't be contained. The first Pride March was a protest as colonial laws tried to push us into corners, tried to push us into hard places in our minds. They said, conform to these binaries. We said it's not within our nature to be straight lines. But over the years, we've been sold conformity for corporate promotion and capitalist greed, the pink dollar in exchange for a token show on TV if we shaved away enough of our edges, we could fit more snugly into heteronormativity. Pride has become powered by banks and capitalist values. Cops are invited to march alongside the same people that they persecute. Being a cop is not an identity. It's an armed and violent branch of the ongoing colony, an institution designed to maintain systems of control and to protect private property. The police don't give a fuck about your safety. If the laws change tomorrow, they would enforce without hesitancy. The police is not an identity. The same people who created laws to confine us to closets now play inception and confine us from the inside. What does it mean now to march with pride? To march in straight lines? Eyes fixed or projected concept of freedom that does not stop to pause at the intersections. Who else in this world sits at the intersection of gay? And who isn't marching today? Not out of lack of pride or out of shame, but because we're still raging against the many injustices performed by the state and white cis gay culture seems to think that that's okay then goes on to appropriate the language and culture and dress of black and brown finesse regurgitates to make money without working to make amends, there's a reason black and brown had to be added to the flag. Because we're still fighting for the same visibility as back in 1970, and it seems to me Pride March chose assimilation over solidarity. Not everything that glitters is gold. So today some of us chose safety over visibility, and not just from the outside world, but within our own community. Rainbows and loud music just isn't enough, and we've come to realise that you're never really marching for us. And that was the incredible Lanyonk there, there speaking. You can find the rest of that poem and interview on, on our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash queerings. Yeah, we're at the end of our program. Um, thanks so much for donating and supporting Radical Queer Radio on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. I'd also like to plug the Emerging Writers Festival letter writing to people inside prison workshop you can find out on the emerging writers festival work on website which i'm also involved in and also like to plug the back to the streets of palestine stand with sheikh jarrah rally Nam melbourne on july 3rd saturday stay tuned next for the salam radio show an incredible hour coming up for you on 3cr radical radio going out with tracy chapman i'm irisia next time Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around Get their share. Poor people gonna rise up.
take what's there Don't you know you better run, 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 run Oh, I said you better run, 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 run Cause finally the tables are starting to turn Talking about the revolution Enjoy listening to this podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are part of that community. Right now, it's our radiothon, and we need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donation really matters. Help support community powered podcasts for another year.